Welcome to another episode of Out From The Cube. I'm trying some new software out that now has this intro recording to it, so there should be some beats going on in the background, and now they should slowly fade away. Wow, technology is great. So I'm using a tool called Zencaster. Ultimately, I am using the tool uh, that I've been using for a while called Anchor, anchor anchor.fm, which is a great tool for me or for anybody, I guess, that's starting a podcast. It's been good for me because it distributes it out to all the channels and platforms out there um, that where people consume uh, podcasts. So, uh, but this uh, recording is Zencaster. It's a tool that I used before just to kind of throw some plugs out there. If anybody is wondering how I'm doing this or has an interest in starting up their own podcast, this is going to be a quick one. Uh, there's just a few things that are on my mind. Uh, again, if you've listened to any of my podcasts before, one, I appreciate it. Uh, it's blowing up a little, not blowing up. It's, it's getting a little bit bigger. Uh, people seem to be watching it. I'm getting great feedback on LinkedIn and Twitter and I appreciate that. So, but there's just a few things on my mind. Again, I listen to a lot of other podcasts and I read a lot and listen to podcasts and listen to other conferences and things on YouTube. And so things do strike me. I do take a lot of notes. Somebody asked me the other day, I had my notebook in front of me, which is filled with weeks and weeks and weeks of notes of things I listen to or conversations I have or books I read. So I do take a lot of notes and somebody asked me why I do that. Like, uh, I don't know if they were impressed or just like, wow, you've got a lot of of things written down here. Uh, And I told them that I was in a, when I was a young basketball coach, I went to visit with a coach in Nashville, Tennessee. And I've talked about this coach before. His name was Don Meyer, who wound up being very influential. And again, if anybody is listening to this, that is a coach, uh, a, specifically a basketball coach. They, they, you know about Coach Meyer and the influence he had on basketball, but also on coaches and the profession. But I went and spent some time, well, I must have been, you know, early 20s, definitely early 20s, 23 to 25, somewhere in there, went into his office to visit with Coach Meyer. And he looked at me and he had a, he had a very intimidating face or game face. When he wanted to intimidate you, he quickly knew how, uh, how to do that. So I went into his office and sat down with nothing. I mean, with, I didn't have any pencils. I didn't have any uh, notes or anything to write on. And he looked at me and said, you know, uh, how can you roll into any meeting uh, without something to write on, something to write with and to take notes? Um, and that stuck with me. And so for my uh, professional life and all of my coaching life, I've always tried to have a pen and paper with me to take a lot of notes. So I say all that because now I'm, I have a bunch of notes here in front of me, uh, but something did come across and there are some things that I wanted to discuss or again, throw out there that may impact you, may, uh, may give you a different spin on how to look at things. Um, and I wanted to just kind of address those because uh, I thought they were, they were on my mind. I'm passionate about kind of these thoughts today, but one, one is this. And I uh, found this on LinkedIn. There's a, a gentleman that I follow named Alan Stein. Alan Stein is now kind of this business uh, development coach where he goes around and speaks to organizations and he's really kind of blowing up himself in his talks. And he's gone. He used to be and he started a company called Pure Sweat. Pure Sweat is a basketball development company that is really big in the Midwest. He started that company um, and now because he's and he was a development coach for NBA players and it just got really big and kind of this 
lifestyle coach now where he talks and business coach where he goes around and works with executives on their business objectives and gives these inspirational talks. But I follow him on LinkedIn and his LinkedIn uh, feed the other day had a stat in there. And the stat was over the last 71 years, 69% of the NBA championships have been won by five teams. And that struck me, one, because I sat there and tried to figure out who those five teams were. The first two were very easy for me. And if you're listening to this and do have a basketball background, uh, that should be easy for you. But 69% of the last 71 championships have been from five teams. Then Alan Stein followed that message up or that stat up with, do you not think culture matters? And I'm not turning this into a culture podcast, although that stuff is interesting to me and stuff that we will eventually talk about and dive deeper into. And I'll bring people on that have an opinion on developing culture and brands and tradition and things like that. But what struck me about that is culture does matter. You need to be spending time developing your culture and your standards and your expectations and your traditions and the type of people that you hire, the people that you get rid of, or the people that aren't enhancing your culture. That word came across my notes actually quite a bit this week. Uh, and I've highlighted it here, but it is that enhancement of your culture and having the people that enhance your culture. There, There is a phrase in coaching uh, that is who is working for you when you're not there. So people that are running companies, entrepreneurs or CEOs that are running these companies are starting from scratch where you need to make sure that when you're not there, where you're on vacation or it's six o'clock at night and you, you log off and you kind of go off the farm that who is working for you. And that was a big phrase in coaching because in coaching, in the coaching world, if you are now understand coaching, just like much of a, a CEO or an entrepreneur or a, um, you know, an executive where you like, this is not a job. This is your career. So it is not a eight to five or nine to five. And I log off and it's four or five o'clock on a Friday and I'm done till Monday. There are certain people where it is, I am on, I am on call round the clock. And this is what I do for a living. And it is my passion. And I am, I am bringing value and making a contribution. And this is what I do. Coaching is like that. For those that are listening that are college coaches in any sport, you are on round the clock. You know, it, you are, I remember going out and picking kids up that were in the wrong place at the wrong time at two in the morning and that phone rings and you, you, you answer it and you go out and do what is expected of you. Um, but so who is working for you when you're not there? Uh, is something that kind of comes up because you are building your, if you are the leader, if you are the CEO, if you are the entrepreneur, you are setting the ship that direction. And these are the items and the standards that we are going to uphold. And these are the things that we uh, find value in and how we're going to build our teams and build our businesses. But at some point you're not there and you're not the one that has your hands on the wheel of this big ship and somebody else does. So who's, who's working for you when you're not there? Um, but how you kind of build that culture, how you build that tradition. But, that, but the, the quote that Alan Stein put out there really resonated with me because those teams, we're talking about 71 years. And the two teams that immediately, should, if you're a basketball person, come to mind, two of the, the top two teams 
are the Cel- the Boston Celtics and the Los Angeles Lakers. Those are the most storied franchises in the history of the NBA. And they've got a large percentage of those that of that of those 71 championships. So at some point that tradition that standard was built. And we're talking 71 years. We're the Boston Celtics won 10 or so straight NBA championships. Maybe not straight, but Bill Russell has 11 rings. And that was back in the 60s. Now it's 2018. But that tradition, that standard, that culture, that look and feel of the Boston Celtics is the same in 2018 that I feel it was back in the 60s. Now I can't, I'm not that old, but I know that when the Celtics were around in the 80s with Larry Bird and some of these people and Robert Parrish and Kevin McDale, that that is the same look and feel that the Celtics have today. So it started years and years ago. So we're talking 50-some, 60-some years ago, the Celtics started building this culture, this tradition. And I have done a podcast on what's us and what's not us. I guarantee you, that the what's us of the Boston Celtics is very similar to the what's us of the Celtics of the 60s. Somebody owned that franchise. Somebody ran that franchise. Somebody was the CEO, the general manager, the vice president, the director, the executive, the, the technical lead, whatever it might be, the HR executive, whatever it is. And they said, this is going to be what's us. And there's going to be a standard in place. And we're going to uphold that standard. So much so that they had such great success with that standard that 60 years later, that same standard is in place and the people aren't even there anymore that started it. But in the case of the Boston Celtics, the person that is there is a gentleman named Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge played in the the 80s and 90s for the Celtics and won many championships with those teams. He understands what's them and what's not them. And he has gotten rid of people that don't fit into that culture that was established in the 60s, but it takes time. So that, that time and, the, and the, the, the president, the general manager that started the Celtics back in that time frame was uh, Red Arbach. And Red Arbach is a legend, and, and, but he built the Celtics up and, and got the people on that ship, on that bus that would head it in the direction that he was sailing. So... The other team is the Los Angeles Lakers, very much the same. Started it back in the 60s with, with Jerry West. And, the, and there's actually a story on ESPN. It may be like a five or six-part story about the battle between the Celtics and the Lakers. But they, the reality is they both had the same culture. They were the same. They were going after the same type of person. They wanted the same type of leadership, and they wanted to build the same type of culture. So what does that how does that resonate with businesses? You could be that startup. You could be that CEO. But it you, you to stand the test of time, the test of time in coaching or in business of being around for 10 years or 20 years or 60 years and still having that culture is establishing the culture, the standards, and holding true to those over the long haul, knowing what's us and what's not us, and being able to mess with those dials. I it resonates with me for uh, for a couple reasons. This stat about sixty nine percent of NBA teams of the NBA championships have come from five teams over the last seventy one years. If if you're my age, if you're forty five or somewhere around the forty five age, you would remember. And if you happen to be a sports person, 
when we grew up, the New England Patriots were the worst team in the NFL. I can't remember when I was 20, you know, 10, 15, 20 years old of the Patriots having any relevance in the NFL at all. Um, they, they just were not a great team. They had bad tradition, bad culture. Nobody wanted to play there. It was up in the, the cold of the Northeast and nobody wanted to play outdoor football up there. It was, you know, no, I don't remember anything about, about them having a great team, but now 2018, if you were to talk about the new England Patriots, you would talk the, the thing that comes to my mind in terms of their culture, their standard is there's a phrase that people use. It is called the Patriot way. And if you follow sports, people know about the Patriot way and what that stands for. But they also know, even if, even if you're not a, uh, I guess you would have to be a big sports person, but if you followed football and you looked at the Patriots, you would know what their kind of person is. They get these kind of cookie cutter type people that adhere to the standards and the culture and the traditions and the way that their head coach runs that team or that Robert Kraft, the CEO and owner of that team, how he, what he looks for and what he values and what's important and how to behave and what, uh, how that team uh, communicates in the locker room and how they practice and all that sort of stuff. There's all that is built in and you know, those type of people. So the new England Patriots, I can't, speak for certain their culture or the changes that they made. Um, I, I'm not that I'm not plugged in at all. Um, I'm just an outsider looking in. And, but I know that years ago, Robert Kraft bought that, bought, bought that team and changed and got rid of people. And then he, he eventually hired Bill Belichick as the head coach. They also got lucky with hiring hiring the right quarterback. Now that that is in the draft. They got lucky without question with the right quarterback who happens to be arguably the best quarterback to ever play in the NFL. So they without question got lucky with that. But that is you and your business. Maybe you're not crushing it right now. Maybe you're not getting any momentum. Maybe maybe you're stuck with all the other people on the last half of or the the bottom half uh, or bottom ten percent of your industry and your vertical and what you're trying to do. I, I've been there in terms of coaching. I've been there. We I, I coached small college basketball, and one of the years that we coached, we got lucky with one of the best players in the area. But we recruited him really hard. We sold him on what we were trying to do and the direction and what we, what, what our program, what our team, what our school could do for him over the, over his life, not just those four years and how connected we'd all be. And he eventually he came and then wound up probably being the best player that that school ever had. Changed the whole dynamics of our program moving forward because we had a we had that great employee, that great player. So you're one hire away, right? I mean, that's how I would always kind of look at it. Like, here, here, here's what we stand for. Here's the direction we're going. Here are our absolutes. This is what's us and what's not us. Let's go find those people. Let's be very transparent and upfront about wh- where we're headed, what we're doing, and at what expectations may be. And we will find that great talent. It may take us six months, eight months, 12 months, 10 months, 36 months to find that type of person. But once we do, it's going to change the dynamics of what we're doing. But we are going to stay solid with who we are, what we, what we're, and the direction we're heading and who we are and all that. Now the Patriots, because they got lucky with who they hired, they got lucky with who they drafted, 
but they stayed solid with their culture, their strategy, their foundation, and they kept grinding it out that when they got that great player, they had it rolling. And they have now there's the Patriot way. Now they feel like even if he left, even if this quarterback left, we are in such a good spot with how this organization is run that it doesn't matter who's here, that we can kind of plug and play. We could bring people in that are us, that fit us, that understand what we're all about, but we'll keep rolling. And that has happened. That has happened with that organization. So I guess I would ask you, you know, where are you at in terms of, you know, are you, are you the, are you the 1985 New England Patriots and you're still trying to grind it out? Are you one of the top four or five teams that have won NBA championships? Are you going to stand the test of time? Is your program, your organization, your business, your team still going to be around in 10 years, 15 years? Think about, think about this. And this is a, a great parallel. Uh, and again, I, in all my video and all my podcasts that I've done, I've always, uh, said that there's going to be a lot of sport analogies. So I, I, I think people, I've gotten great feedback on that. It resonates with people and people understand sports and kind of the teams and culture and the competitiveness of some of that and some of those stories. But when I grew up, not only the Patriots, but when I also grew up, there was a school out West in college basketball that nobody heard of. No, nobody heard of them. And I, I grew up in Seattle, and I didn't even know that much about them. And I followed basketball my whole life. But I didn't even know that much about this school. But 20-some years ago, this school got lucky with the right coach, the right culture, the right strategy, the right recruiting, got the right players in that bought in that believed in the direction the ship was heading, that sacrificed for one another, that grinded it out for three, four, five years together, every day sweating, understanding that the outcome's going to happen if we just stay on board, right? Michigan's got this great saying that that says, those that stay will become champions. So get the right people on board, keep them, uh, grind it out with them, convince them to stay because people will always think about jumping ship, going somewhere else where it might be a little greener, a little bit better, maybe more money, maybe more responsibility, but people stay and will become champions with your company, with your teams or whatever it may be. But this team grinded it out for all that time. Then they got lucky one year, either whatever that might, plenty of ways that they got lucky, but they ended up in the final eight of the NCAA tournament. Final eight. Okay. They had an assistant coach on that team that will wind that was there and will and eventually took over the next year. So when they made the final eight, they were so successful that the head coach that helped build this program up wound up leaving. Okay. And the school I'm talking about is Gonzaga. If you're listening to this, even if you don't follow basketball that closely, I'm willing to bet most of you have heard of Gonzaga. I'm willing to bet 20 some years ago you had never heard of them. They almost they were they were they were in discussions of even closing the doors to the university that things were not going so well. But the basketball team built that culture, built that brand and then they made the final eight. The coach left that built that up, but they hired from within. They hired an assistant coach that has now been there for 25 years and has sustained that culture, that success that they are now in the top 25 every single year. They And they made the final four two or three years ago, 
the final four, meaning the last four schools in the championship tournament, and they actually made the championship game and lost by 10 or so points. So they started, they started 25 years ago. You don't even know about the school. The school might even close its doors to 25 years later being what is now kind of labeled a blue blood, a blue blood being like, these are the premier programs in college basketball, Kentucky, Duke, UCLA, Kansas, Gonzaga. Does Gonzaga belong in that conversation? They are now because they stood the test of time. They developed a culture. They developed a brand that resonated. That brand now is national. A little small school of nine, 10,000 students in Spokane, Washington is a national brand. You show me that bulldog and most people will sit there and say that's Gonzaga's bulldog if you follow athletics. So how does this, I mean, I love the parallels between athletics, business, teams, leadership. I love, I love the connection. And I'm, and all I'm suggesting is that for 71 years, five teams have won the NBA championship. Every once in a while, a team slips in. Every once in a while, a team will slip in. Now, you get lucky with people. My, my thinking would be, hey, we're on a roll here. We've won a couple championships. We've won a couple clients. We've got great business. We've got some great customers. Things are really starting to roll a little bit. But are we going to be relevant in a year? Are we going to be relevant in six months? Are we going to be relevant in 18 months, 36 months? Are we going to be relevant in five years, 10 years, 60 years? The Boston Celtics are. And I believe that New England will be. The Patriots. I believe that Gonzaga will be. Do you think Gonzaga is going to lose their coach and then they're going to bring in some other coach from outside the program that doesn't understand the tradition, doesn't understand the culture? So leads me to another point. This was going to be a short podcast. I'm at 22 minutes now, and I'm, I'm getting excited about some of this. Duke basketball wasn't that great, was it? Year, years and years ago, they were okay. 30-some years ago, they hired Mike Krzyzewski, who now is the winningest coach in the history of basketball. Okay, He is 70-some years old, still wins 30-some games. He built the Duke brand up. He built that business. He built that culture. So my point is this, not to keep going on with all the sport analogies, but let me ask you this. If he steps aside, do you think they're hiring somebody from outside the Duke family, the Duke family, somebody that understands that culture, that standard, that school, that business? They're not. They're like, without question, they're not. Somebody that understands Duke, it will always coach Duke basketball. Why? Why, why will that happen? Because they've spent 30-some years building that culture, building that brand, building that business up, right? It stands for something. So when, it, when, when the person in charge, when that CEO leaves, they're going to bring somebody in that understands all that to keep that train on the tracks, to keep it rolling down the same direction that was set 36 years ago. Gonzaga was irre- irrelevant for their entire existence, except for the past 20 years. That school makes more money and has more money coming in from donors and boosters and their enrollment packages have skyrocketed simply because of their basketball team. Do you think, because of the importance of that, that they are going to let anybody else come in and disrupt that culture? No, 
I, I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. It would be somebody that understands that. So with your business, establishing your culture, your brand, your tradition, the direction you're heading and keeping it going, and then making sure that everybody is on the same line that you are, that you're on the same line. And then who's working for you when you're not there that will keep you on that line. Those are, those are just huge things that just um, I'm passionate about right now, the things that have kind of come to me this week, thinking about standards and traditions and your business. And really the, the idea is, hey, this is what we stand for. This is the direction we're going. This is what's important to us. This is how we can make an impact. This is what our customers want. This is what my employees want, my team wants. These are the things that I've got to consider. And then going out and finding those people to get on that boat or that bus with you. And so you're making sure, like the people at Gonzaga, the people at Duke, the people with the Patriots, the Celtics, the Lakers, some of these teams we've talked about, they go out and find the people that understand that this is where we're heading. This is how we're doing it. And if you can do it, you can roll with us. But if you can't do this, then you need to go find another place. Like, like Gonzaga, I'm sure says, Hey, this place isn't for everybody. Well, we got to find a fit. I was just with a college basketball coach this morning and we were talking about recruiting and networking. And he was like, the reality is George, I've got to make sure it's the right fit. We're going a certain direction. I've got to get the right person. I've got to have that. And you, and the people in business that are listening that run companies at some point, I don't know what you call it, but I'm sure you have a fit interview. You bring people in, a fit interview where you might bring in other, uh, your other employees and people that work for you and come in and say, hey, let's, let's make sure this guy really fits with us. Go out and have dinner with them. Take them, go have drinks, go have lunch with them to, let's, and talk about some stuff maybe other than technology or you know, uh, business, but like get to know it or her. Find out if that's a good fit for us uh, or, and a right fit for them. You don't want to do a disservice to other people and take them out of their current situations if they're, it's not a right fit for them. It might not be what they need. So, you know, all that to kind of put a bow on this, it all started when Alan Stein tweeted uh, or put some, uh, a comment on LinkedIn. 69% of the last 71 years, the NBA champion has been one of five teams, one of five teams. And that's amazing to me because the culture that was built by those, at least the top two teams, the Celtics and the Lakers, that was established in the 60s. It's 2018. That same culture still resonates today. That same standard, that same idea of the, the way that boat is running. is. And so I, I challenge you to develop those standards, build that culture, uh, be very transparent on what's important to you and the expectations that you might have so that 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 20 years from now, you've changed the landscape of your business, of the vertical that you're in and the people that you employ. Um, I think it's an exciting thing. It's a th an exciting thing to consider. Uh, again, uh, 20 some years ago, nobody ever heard of Gonzaga basketball. 25 years later, they're up there in the top 10 every year because somebody set the boat in the right direction and they were, they held fast to, to the wheel. They said, we're not changing. This is what's important to us. This is what's of value to us. This is how we treat people. These are the expectations that are set, get the right people on board, sell it the right way, deliver on what we're selling every year. 
which is a whole nother podcast. If we want to talk about, hey, you sell something um, to somebody to bring them into your your enterprise, your business, you better make sure you deliver on those promises. Um, but but Gonzaga has done that, and now twenty five years later, a national champion, you know, a national championship game appearance. And I think that's exciting. I love seeing that transformation. And if you listen to this and and know more about Gonzaga's culture or what they're doing or how they do it, man, I, I would love to correspond with you. Um, and you know what? They've built that that brand up so much that some of those other Blue Bloods have come along to Gonzaga and have tried to steal their coach. Hey, UCLA probably has done it many times because UCLA is trying to find a find get their get their way back into being one of those type of teams and they've gone after that coach pr- multiple times and I've probably thrown millions and millions and millions of dollars at him to try to leave but he doesn't leave he loves Gonzaga he loves that company he loves what he's built and he is not leaving that 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 uh, uh, that school so uh, just things to consider. I know that's a lot of uh, sport metaphors and analogies and comparisons, but I do think it intersects your business. I think it intersects uh, your teams. I do believe that you should give, uh, you know, think about the things that we've talked about and how you can implement them with your team. We haven't really talked about strategies and all that and and uh, standards. Uh, and I, I can't speak too intelligently about the standards that Gonzaga or the Patriots have come up with or what's important to them um, and how they went about it. Uh, I still would like to find uh, some of those that are out there, um, some of those ideas. Um, but again, my the whole idea of the podcast is to try to, uh, one, for me to continue to develop myself and to think of things that can impact uh, my comp- uh, the company I work for and the teams that I work with, and uh, and but also to allow you to either Find something that you would consider or something that you can implement daily to your teams, your businesses, and the people that you um, are trying to provide value to. So uh, wanted it to be about a 20-minute podcast, something that was on my mind. It's gone about 30. But again, I appreciate you listening to this. Um, if there's any feedback you would like to give me, uh, you feel free to track me down on LinkedIn um, or on Twitter. My Twitter handle, I don't know if I've ever given it out, is Evian. E-V-J-E-N. So G-E-V-J-E-N is my Twitter handle. I'm on Twitter a fair amount, and I'm also on LinkedIn a fair amount. But I look forward to the continued feedback. I have received a great uh, uh, deal of feedback so far, and I appreciate it all. So uh, if you have anything, feel free to reach out to me. It's been great doing this podcast, and I look forward to doing another one here uh, in the next week or so. Take care. Have a great uh, weekend.